0: Listening to the Propane Fitness Podcast, your ultimate resource for fat loss and muscle gain. With none of the gimmicks. With your hosts, Yusuf and Johnny. Simple rules, dramatic results. I think we are now recording. Let me just check. Scoby say something. Scoby say something. Is there a setting for like cardioid or um, linear and stuff? Cardioid? Yeah. yeah.
1: Is there a setting for cardioid? I'll miss my. Push Bullet. Push Bullet? Push
0: Bullet is a app. What's Push Bullet? It syncs your phone and your thing so you can, if you get a notification on one, it pushes it to the other. What's your thing? Your phone and your whatever your thing is. So, you're like, if you get a notification on your dick, you can <laughs> forward it to your phone. <laughs> this isn't going in the podcast. does <laughs> This is not. It is. <laughs> <laughs> So you get this notification... is always the problem when you say anything and you've got to look around for any devices that have the little green light on that are recording. Because <laughs> if you get caught off guard, that's it, immortalised on the internet. You're on the
1: internet, evergreen. Oh dear. <clears throat> so Yusuf's going to read one question that we've had, verbatim, which is...
0: We've been putting off answering it because this is what it is. Useless nine to six hour travel early hour trainer. How, when, and what do you eat? Plan and do ha. Huh? So, nine to six hour travel early hour trainer.
1: Two hours. The two. The hour. The word hour appears twice. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> so this person travels early. Do they travel between nine and six? Useless nine to six hour travel. Early hour trainer. So the travel's useless. (laughs) Which is. Which must be horrible because normally travel is really useful.
0: I think I'm just being slow and not understanding this question.
1: Can I look at it? Yeah. Because you are. You are very slow. Right.
0: (laughs) Clear as day now. (laughs) (laughs) Like probably
1: what they mean. Do we know who the person is who wrote it?
0: No. Should have taken down that information so we could send you a message. Berate them
1: on the podcast. (laughs) Um, They mean, what they mean I think is I work long hours and I travel. What do I do? Which is like saying... I want to do fitness. What do I do? Useless travel as well. So a trainer who does early hour travel. Like I want to do fitness. I'm a person and I have a job and I go to bed at night and I wake up at a certain time. You rather have all farts be ex- be silent but extremely deadly, or harmless but extremely loud? I think it's because it's just important to get these questions answered. These three. are like twelve of the toughest questions you will ever be asked.
0: I think extremely loud because there's extremely deadly is
1: lingering social awkwardness whereas extremely loud is there's an incident it's done you can deal with it you can apologise whereas you have to keep apologising I mean, would you rather drink orange juice expecting it to be milk or drink milk expecting it to be orange juice
0: both of those are fine probably both are fine
1: mm. so you put orange juice in your tea
0: well, you'd be drinking it directly. What think,
1: is it, do you put milk in your tea? So if
0: you think it's milk and it's orange juice, yeah. you're going to think it's gone really bad.
1: Instantly, which is going to be quite such shocking.
0: A, such a strong flavour. Um, you'd spit it out, so you'd make more of a mess. Oh, no. Would you rather sweat mayonnaise or sweat ketchup?
1: No. Is that what it says? Mm. Oh, yeah. Mayonnaise. Oh, no. I think ketchup. Because mayonnaise looks like it could be some weird bodily fluid, whereas ketchup's either going to be ketchup or blood. If it's blood, people are going to be instantly concerned for your safety. If it's ketchup, it's weird anyway. If it's mayonnaise, I think people just wouldn't know what to
0: think. Mayonnaise looks like pus, sebum, or semen. <laughs> All three are pretty horrible. <laughs> what was the second one? Sebum. Sounds like something you go and see at the
1: uh, sea Life Center Would you rather step on a piece of Lego barefoot every day for a week yeah, or get a single paper cut between your toes
0: Lego every day Really? I don't know what I mean have you heard that thing about if you lose a bet your friend slaps you either ten times now or five times over the course (laughs) of a year at a time of their choosing <laughs> so I'd
1: take it ten times now.
0: Really, yeah. just grit and bear it. Rather well,
1: because it, like it gets, it's the same thing, isn't it? With the um, you might be
0: having a bad day in August next year. And, bang! Yeah, what was that yeah. for? Oh, it was one oh of yeah, my, I forgot. One of my five.
1: Would you rather be a little bit too hot or a little bit too cold all the time?
0: I'm always a little bit too hot.
1: So you would rather be a little bit too cold. You're a little bit too hot now.
0: That's propane problems. Yeah, you too hot now. A thermic person. We may actually, this is probably a good chance to discuss something, a a problem that I once had. Methanic breakfast. Yeah. I think we we talked about that. We we may have discussed it on an old podcast, but just as a reminder, (laughs) I was invited to go and stay with my friend, two and a half hour train journey away for two days. So, right, first thing that you need to do clear out all of the perishables in your fridge. Yeah. So that's, that's obviously the number one next action task when you're invited away. So that involved eating about a kilogram of beef, a kilogram of sweden and cabbage mixed together and some other leftovers. So it was a very, it was a very high protein and thermic breakfast and it was a hot day. I was wearing moleskin trousers, had to go and sit. Which is, I think is a topic in and of itself, but we'll, we'll, let, that, we'll let that go. <laughs> So had to go and get a train in the sun, really hot, full train, sweating my absolute face off. When you say
1: full train, you don't mean like you really got on the train. You mean the train was full?
0: (laughs) The the train was occupied. Right. All of the seats were full. Um, So very hot. By the time I arrived, thermic breakfast really starting to kick in, like getting your sweat on, very uncomfortable. My friend picked me up from the station. Oh, hey, do you want to come and see the hospital that I'm working at? Okay, 45-minute walk detour, got into the hospital, I'm just going to go to the toilet, went into the toilet, took off all my clothes, stood there for 20 minutes or so just to try and cool down. The problem is, she weighs about 50 kilos, so for her, walking just ain't no thing. But (laughs) there I was, struggling. Um, You were heavy at the time, weren't you? I was... You were 80 plus. uh, I think so, yeah, and 80 plus along with a thermic breakfast so i ended up breaking her rib later that night not as a consequence of this whole situation but I are you going like, to explain i feel like that was a karmic repercussion of what she put me through <laughs> um,
1: i think you should you should explain how the rib was broken right because i think everyone will be thinking probably a spectrum of things That's I, true. I think it's important really to, clarify. to clarify
0: especially if uh, people are going to unsubscribe cuz i'm <laughs> just going around going around breaking people's ribs I like to think that I'm a nice person. Uh, however, so, however, I tried to do a handstand on her and <laughs> fell like headfirst torpedo into her rib, and now it's still, still broken. Like it was still like prominent. If you feel her rib, she's got a, a bit that sticks out. You
1: only admitted that part of it to me two days ago.
0: Right. It's. I, I do feel very bad about it. I mm, so I would, Sadie, if I you're would listening, feel horrendous. She, she actually listens to the propane <laughs> podcast, so if you're listening, I'm sorry.
1: Press charges, Sadie press charges if you want any help with that um drop me a message and we'll uh thanks johnny no problem
0: you're just gonna run a facebook ad to that as well <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of facebook this morning we wrote um the most macro friendly place to eat out is blank and somebody james jones hilarious james who's actually interviewed us in the past <laughs> has, re- has written your mum
1: I see what he's done. I see what he's done. Two likes there. How clever. How very clever, James.
0: Everyone else has written sensible suggestions. Weatherspoons, Carvery, Cafe. Carvery? Your mum. There's been a reply. Carvery is quite a macro-friendly place. You get to choose what you want. You get to choose the amounts.
1: Well, thanks for that, James. Mate. mate. (laughs) Um, Not not going on your podcast again. (laughs) (laughs) The other, something else related to Yusuf and beef. Um, that I found really funny was we were in Longhorns the other evening and
0: we Longhorns bought... is a, also a carvery type place <clears throat> it's like a
1: barbecue like a like a American
0: a place that you eat that gives you meat to eat quite a lot of restaurants
1: I'm looking up there to see if they've got it's a barbecue it's a restaurant company a steakhouse
0: Self, self-described. self Yeah. Okay.
1: Um, so anyway, so we both ordered a... What's it called? Like a plate?
0: Two-meat tray.
1: So I got a three-meat tray. You've got a two-meat tray. And then you get two sides with said meats. So we both ordered... <laughs> we both ordered... I did, the guy we were with, both ordered three meats and both got beef brisket. No, hold on. I'm murdering this. Did you get beef brisket?
0: I got beef brisket and chicken wings. Two meat tray. Johnny got three meats, but each individual portion of his three meats was larger than each of my individual portions. If, if anything, may have even been but more I, than I the sum of my whole paid more meat. than you. Yeah, but the, the, the extra, the premium <coughs> that you're paying is for an extra portion of meat, not well, for you're, you're in generally fearing, more You're inferring that.
1: <sighs> yeah. <laughs> so, so anyway, Yusuf stops the waitress and says, excuse me, have I received the normal amount of brisket? Or does does Johnny have the normal amount of brisket? So she then...
0: Took that as a challenge. To, went to
1: the kitchen. <laughs> this was quite late. Went to the kitchen, obviously got the remainder of the beef brisket that they'd like, cooked like for the, the day. Like the remainder in the building, so... And gave it to Yusuf. The brilliant part of this is he gets to the end and pretty much everything on the additional plate that he'd asked for he couldn't finish. So then... Asked for it to be packaged up in a little paper bag that he had to carry around with him for the rest of the evening.
0: <laughs> uh, well, th- this took it home and you're... then ate it the next day. When you're given a choice between one sliver of beef or the rest of the meat in the building, you you, you can't like. Yes, fine. If the chef is mocking you by giving you much more, well, but the, the amount you, you initially can't received him by just not was, eating was, it. was plenty. It was one piece, folded over. It but looked like two pieces. Did you
1: was... go into the the additional beef?
0: I did. Did you? <laughs> On the night, but there was still <laughs> really? obviously a lot left because they were like, right, you they want gave, more beef? They gave you, you?
1: they gave you so much beef. Well, you gave him beef. So, moral of the story.
0: What was that? Don't know. It's all right. Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> moral of the story is don't, don't go for dinner with Yusuf anyway (laughs) (laughs) moving on to the subject for today which is
0: getting lean so you may have seen johnny's article on why i stopped caring about leanness or why he stopped caring about leanness um this is just something that we wanted to discuss because we've been there we've been pancreas lean and it just wasn't it wasn't satisfying um it got to the point where it was just impacting on all other aspects of our life. Like, you wouldn't be able to go out to Longhorns and have a pint of beef because you'd be too worried about your macros, about the fact that... Too worried can... about
1: not getting... About having too much beef, whereas you had the opposite problem. Exactly. I think we have discussed this particular thing before on a podcast, but the question... 22, I think. Nice. I might be completely wrong. Is but... that just a feeling you have? Yeah. Oh, right. okay. Um, I think we... Well, we were asked a question, weren't we, about how you actually action that... Like, how do you stop caring about leanness? which is a harder question to answer than just, you know, what do we think about getting lean as a goal? It's obviously down quite significantly to personal preference and, you know, what you personally value, what you're personally looking for. Um, but I suppose just sharing our journey and realizations along the way might help with that process.
0: It's one thing for someone to tell you there's no light at the end of the tunnel and it is grim and everything but ultimately if you want to be lean and you want to look good and you want abs that might not put you off necessarily until you actually go and discover that for yourself Mm -hmm. and sometimes the only answer is to go there get shredded get to seven percent body fat see how you're feeling and then find somewhere in between I don't think we need to look at it as a binary thing of you. You have to be either fat or lean. Um, you can you can go somewhere along the spectrum and say, at which point do I feel the most uh, most happy? The most uh, is my sleep quality, food obsession, um, training quality, and how I look best optimized. What's mm. the what? What's the point that you're best at? And that may be for some people. If you're lucky, you might end up settling it eight percent and mm, and you're fine but like you <laughs> <laughs> but if yeah if, if you're not so lucky then it that might be twelve percent or so. But actually mm-hmm. that four percent body fat difference to the to the layman, yeah no one's gonna be able to tell really yeah it's just you that assigns that, notices. that I think
1: there's there's a range of body fat percentages that the people who notice are going to be like you and whoever you share a bed with, I, I suppose. Um, and the argument that I think I tried to convey in the article is those people shouldn't care that much about that percentage of body fat, you know, yourself included.
0: If they do, you should probably stop sharing a bed with them. If they're like, Oh, I think you've gained a percent today. Then it's it's not a,
1: it's not a relationship that's based on, it's a, it's a relationship that's based on body fat percentage, which maybe isn't the most (laughs) sustainable thing. Um, But, you know, also, you know, as, as Yusuf says, some people, some people look better when they're not as lean as they can be. Um, typically, if you're natural, which we're, we're assuming you are, then you are gonna lose some fullness. You aren't gonna look as big. Some people tend to look, especially if you're tall, you tend to look quite quite wiry and quite stringy when you're less than 10% body fat. I, I don't think we really tend to discuss body fats in percentages, but it's just a convenient way, isn't it? When you're full abs lean, you've got separation everywhere. You probably look quite small.
0: If you've ever been depleted from either, um, if you've done a lot of heavy activity over a week, or if you've done, for example, I'm just laughing because I've written the word mass on a bit of on a bit of paper.
1: <laughs> he opened a he opened his isn't the is whole other thing. He opened his word processor <laughs> that's called Bean instead of Word. <laughs> so he uses Bean um, oh, for dear. all his word processing. <laughs> You opened a document up and just written mass in the top left corner. So um, it must mean something that I I imagine we'll hear later. I
0: I didn't know how long Johnny was going to go on for, so I thought (laughs) before I get sidetracked, I'll just remember the word mass to discuss later, which we will. We'll get on to. Don't worry. So, (laughs) yeah, so if you've ever done something that involves you being depleted, so a week of very heavy activity or 10 days of zero-carb, You'll have noticed the big difference in your resting fullness, how flat you're looking, and generally how small you look, and that can carry over to how you look in a T-shirt as well. So there are a lot of non-mass related things, the factors that can impact Is how you actually—that's it. Oh my god, he <laughs> said it. <You> said it. <laughs> um, impact how you look, and so when you're in a chronically dieted state, you're going to look much more on the flat end of the spectrum. So. Yeah you might be slightly leaner your skin fold might be a bit thinner but if that's at the cost of resting fullness looking worse as well then the only time you're gonna look good at that level of condition is if you've specifically carved up and tanned up for a, for an occasion yeah. like if you're competing in physique or bodybuilding <clears throat> and that's that's also combined with good lighting and the rest of it we've we've had we've prepped many physique athletes and they often in person look their worst if they're walking around in clothes two, three weeks out from competition. But on stage, they look their best because all of the factors are, are aligned Come for that a specific purpose. Yeah. Um, if you want to look your best just walking around day to day, then there's really limited benefit to being shredded.
1: Mm. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I mean, I suppose that we're just kind of going off on tangents here, aren't we? But the idea of pursuing leanness as a goal, I think it, it just needs a bit more consideration. In, in the you know how lean you actually want to get and why um but in terms of you know how did we specifically overcome our issues with leanness you know what did we do ironically we both got lean yeah and we?
0: and sometimes you you've got to go there and prove it to yeah. yourself like no as we said no matter how much someone can tell you like we we have got over our leanness demons um yeah. and it it was a bit of a painful process to get there but now that, that demon it hasn't just been knocked out. It's been fully mm. um, exercised. Fully exercised, yeah. And I, I suppose it's a similar thing where people often say, oh, I want more money. And so they, they work their ass off to get more money. And then they realize actually life is the same.
1: You're just the same person, but with more money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: so, um, or more sex, more, more um, whatever it is that you assign your happiness onto, you peg it onto mm. that. And then you get to that point and, all the parameters of life are the same, um, and you still got that that desire, in you that's just shifted onto something else. So, mm. um, often you just need a repeated case of. I, I, you know, there's a few spiritual teachers that say that um, this idea of going to a monastery and withdrawing from everything is is one way to do it to remove any kind of temptation. But the other way is to actually go out in life and become a winner. And that, by becoming a winner, that that's the idea of go and achieve what you think you want so that you realize that it's vacuous when you do actually achieve it. Interesting. Interesting. Which is a bit of a depressing uh, <laughs> way to go about it. but So
1: everyone should, should go out and have loads of sex, make loads of money, and get shredded. And then be
0: like, you know what? Everyone go and become Dan Bilzerian for a few weeks. <laughs> get guns and hose and um Mm. money and beard and shredded
1: i think the problem with that as an idea while i definitely see like what where it's coming from is firstly it assumes that everything is readily available secondly it assumes that in pursuing those things you don't damage your your current reality which i think you probably would yeah absolutely um but nice nice idea nonetheless um Thanks for sharing, Lisa.
0: <laughs> so the, uh, well, the solution is just um, enjoying the process itself. Oh, wow. Um, and then if you gain value from the process, it doesn't matter where along that stage you are. Mm. Um, like like the idea that, you know,
1: of, if, if you were to die tomorrow, like I'm just having a chair chair mishap. If you were to die tomorrow, then being lean in 12 weeks would not matter. But what would have mattered is the process leading up until the point that you die. I realize that's a bit morbid, but... Um,
0: you spend more time getting lean than you do being lean. Than
1: you do being lean, being so. lean. Yeah. And I think um, no,
0: no mind blank. Um, blank. But, so annoying what happens? Um, but that's that is that is partly as well how Johnny's remembered. <laughs> I don't have to bail him out this time. <laughs> so so
1: yeah so uh, uh, <laughs> no. What I was gonna say was, I think the problem comes from so giving the advice of to get over being lean, 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 lean. Can often be interpreted as people go down this path of of like sort of semi-cutting for ages, for like years. They'll spend like a bit time in a calorie deficit. They don't really have a defined endpoint
0: So common, actually. They, I think that's probably the most, that's the default.
1: Yeah. Like a pseudo, a pseudo dieting, isn't it? And you, they never really achieve what they want to achieve because they don't really know what they want to achieve because it's not really defined. And they'll get a bit leaner and then something will happen that will derail them or they'll get a bit leaner. And feel a bit stringy and weak, so they'll bulk for a bit. And then I think that kind of process is what we want to avoid. And when we say get over your leanness issues by getting lean, what we actually mean is you want to remove this period of time, assuming you're in this that period of time of, of sort of non-defined action. So by getting lean, we mean pick a like a body weight specific target or a Body fat percentage if you want to use that measure and just pursue that until you reach it.
0: Marshal all of your resources to too that bad. one goal. Um, Martin Burkhan talks about leanness being a time saver and it avoids precisely that. Mm. So
1: You just stop thinking about it.
0: You stop thinking about it and you stop this kind of time in leanness purgatory where you you're trying to you're trying to pursue leanness but you're too worried about becoming flat and stringy and Unfortunately, if you're if you're a drug-free athlete like us, then that's the... It's uh, just going to happen. Yeah, you're just going to end up looking flat.
1: So I think the amount of time... So prior to going through that initial, it was actually... We, we decided to test if it fits your macros to the extreme, didn't we? Like one of our many uh, experiments that we do. Um, so we were like, right, we are going to see how lean we can get doing this to its end point. So... I think it must have been, I don't know how long, how many weeks it was, but we both got to the leanest we've ever mm-hmm. been um, using the flexible dieting, but it wasn't flexible. It was just rubbish, um, like Pringles and, well, and Haribo for you, I think, was yeah. Pringles Haribo way.
0: This is another important point of why a coach is needed, because especially if you if idiots like us and just experiment so that (laughs) (laughs) to avoid you guys having to go through the same kind of pain you end up running the risk of first of all making some pretty silly decisions um, justifying to yourself why at the end of your diet you you can somehow eat way more calories than you should be and also the leaner you get the tighter the 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 finer the tightrope becomes of falling into eating disorder territory and it doesn't matter how um, psychologically robust you think you are the eating disorders come about from being lean as a physiological result there is a qualitative change in your neurotransmitters and your general relationship with food you might think like ah oh, i won't fall subject to that but it it's you, just a, you will yeah it's a yeah. predictable output of the chronic underfeeding so if you have a coach and you just outsource everything to them they'll be able to know when to pull the plug and to keep you on the right track yeah. And that is very easily right now you can probably think like, Oh well, that's all right, I'll I'll be okay. But you'd be in a very different headspace at the end of a long diet.
1: So the we we talk about the, the, this leanness idea a lot, but actually when someone comes to work with us, um who doesn't have you know a concrete plan in place already, the the funnel that we put them through almost without fail is an initial fat loss phase. So unless someone is they've prepped for a bodybuilding show, or they are one hundred percent content with their leanness, or their goal is specifically performance-related, you know the average person who's looking to get a bit look look a bit better, um, we put them through a process whereby we say, okay, twelve weeks, sixteen weeks, twenty-four weeks, we're going to be pursuing fat loss exclusively, um, and we get them to the point where leanness becomes a non-issue for them. In other words, they don't look in the mirror and think, "I wish I was a bit leaner," because someone can tell you that leanness won't bring you happiness as as we've touched on. Um, But unless you actually get leaner and realize that actually it's a bit of an empty goal, um, you'll always have that nagging at you. So we take people in a very defined, very structured strategic way to a body weight goal. And then we put them through, you know, what is kind of the, the buzz phrases, reverse diet, and then into a long period of moderate calorie surplus while holding that leanness. And that is where, Both of us are currently sat after, I mean, we must have got lean in 13,
0: 2013. Yep.
1: So long time we've been in a calorie surplus for, I think coming up to three, three and a bit years.
0: Still retained a lot of our condition Mm -hmm. just because the process afterwards, which is the the more important thing, ironically, than the diet itself is what dictates your long-term level of leanness. This idea of hovering between, um, you know, if someone's say 12% body fat and they're they're constantly hopping between goals. Often the root cause of that is they want to look better. So the best way to look better, get a bit leaner and then spend the rest of your time focusing on muscle gain because mass is going to be the thing, which is what is is actually what makes you look good. Mm. Particularly if you're walking around at 70 kilos at 12% body fat, even if you get shredded, You'll end up at sixty-five kilos. You're gonna look like you don't lift in a t-shirt and probably look a bit ill. Um,
1: it was something I was saying on um, one of our, our client calls this week. Was that a big role that we play with a lot of clients that we've been working with for a while is convincing them and almost conning them to stay in a calorie surplus for as long as possible and sort of fighting off the because the the leanness demon does does come back occasionally. You know, I I have it. I don't I don't hold. The same level of condition naturally as Yusuf does, so Yusuf is, nat- is naturally sits at a leaner set point than me, and I get the niggling thoughts occasionally. And having that at that point, you know, referring to my coach and talking about it with him is a way of defeating that. But you, you could when you diet, it's like you're halting progress. When you when you go into a calorie deficit, you're saying, okay, I want to stop progressing now. I'm going to do an unveiling. I'm going to reveal what's underneath. And the more time you spend doing that, the opportunity cost of that is you could be progressing, like you could be getting stronger, gaining mass, making strategic aesthetic improvements. And that's where you want to be spending the significant majority of your time.
0: This is why we know that if someone um, is going to be spending a significant period of time in a surplus, they have to be so happy with their leanness that we actually would always rather that you overshoot a little bit with how lean that you want to get at the start so that you have a buffer for when you go into a mass phase and when we're not talking about bulking, like that's, that's a, or folking, stu- stupid idea, <laughs> but there is an inevitable amount of fat gain when you reverse up into a surplus and that that's going to, that will plateau, but it's always a bit scary when you go from end of a diet into a reversal because there's going to be some essential body fat that just comes up um, and then plateaus again. So that's why going leaner than you're happy with. And then having that buffer allows you a bit more mental space to, to then continue with an off season approach for and that's going to help with your training quality, your general sense of uh, sense of self, how happy you are with your condition and set you up for the long term.
1: Something else we, or something that I personally have, um, again, it applies less to you of where he sits in his weight class. But, um, something that I, I give a lot of my clients is basically, um, when you're in these long periods of lean gaining, or long periods of calorie surplus, having some very rigid, if this, then that style rules in place surrounding your body weight so that neither of us can argue about it. So for me, um, ironically, later this year, I'm going to be going back into a deficit. It feels like I'm going into Mordor or something when I talk about (laughs) it. Um, Going back into a deficit for a a non-fixed period of time because my body weight is now regularly sat above 93 kilos so i'm between 94 and 95 kilos while my calories have stayed the same and that's been gradually edged up from 2013 when i started at around 80 87 88 kilos so you can see over three years my body weight's edged up very slowly and that's not all going to be lean lean weight It's not all going to be lean mass there'll well, be a lot of
0: why don't you just go on the 105 journey? <laughs> well just well, deadlift 400 just you <laughs>
1: I could obviously move up weight classes, but um, I think when you see people like Lane Norton who are in bodybuilder condition in the ninety threes, you think, well, I might as well, I might as well try and improve my condition where I am. You know, I, I could be my body composition could be a lot better at ninety three kilos, um, and I typically don't have to water cut or diet or anything. But that's going to start becoming something that I have to do consistently, and I want to avoid that.
0: So that's an additional constraint that, luckily. Uh, unless you are a competitive powerlifter, you won't have to deal with, yeah. or or unless actually, unless you're a competitive powerlifter and you're at the the high end of or you dangerous levels above your uh, your weight class that you're intending to compete in, um, so that does throw another smaller spanner in the works, but it's not it's not insurmountable.
1: But I, I do think that having a cap for your weight, um, because some people, especially if you're trying to manage it yourself, leaving weight gain unchecked can sometimes mean that you know you end up being five six ten kilos over and you're you're at this position where like it's so hard i'm now i'm gonna have to actually go back into a a deficit um so so
0: traumatized by the last time you're in a deficit that yeah you don't want to do it again so you
1: you probably hear of these ideas of like mini cuts where people you know in a three or four year surplus period will, will drop back into periods of four or six weeks of deficit to just check their weight gain um But I think the key point that I'm trying to labor here is that, yes, I'm going to be dieting again, but it's after three years of surplus. And the only reason that I was able to have such a productive period of training where I've added so much strength and size is because I got lean first. And ironically, getting lean first completely removed this niggling background, constant desire that I should maybe I'll be a bit leaner, maybe I should diet this time.
0: So what would have happened if you still had that background demon um, over the last couple of years. I would have,
1: you know, but prior to that, I was doing short periods of surplus, short periods of cutting. My weight had stayed the same, my strength had stayed the same for three or four years
0: prior to that. So you probably would have still been about 90, 89 kilos. Um... I'd probably be,
1: yeah, I'd probably be somewhere around the same same weight I am, but at a worse body composition and with nowhere near the strength. And worse lifts, right. So it's like the idea that, you know, the, the so, time's so going to pass anyway.
0: in pursuing leanness or in trying to stay leaner, you would have ended up stymieing your mm-hmm. own purpose. So I think
1: the, the idea of trying to stay lean while getting bigger or while getting stronger, the only way to actually do that is to be lean first. You know, people panic about calorie surplus, but the only reason they panic about it is because they're not lean enough.
0: They're uncomfortable with how mm-hmm. lean they are right and if now. And <clears> if you've
1: had your lead, your diet and your reverse diet managed properly, you should be able to get to the point where you're eating maintenance and you look the same you should look very, very similar to the end of your diet than when you've, when your calories are where they should need to be.
0: I can't put a price on the mental release that you, you're given if you just like, rather than having to manage the whole thing myself, just being able to just hand all those decisions over, all I had to do was eat and train mm. and then just worry about my own clients. And that can always be done from a much more objective place than mm. when it's yourself. So it was really valuable. And it uh, this, this sounds like a sales
1: end. pitch, but it it isn't. It's, it's literally well, it's, it's a sales pitch for <laughs>
0: high, hire a coach. It doesn't have to be yeah, us. Yeah, doesn't have, have know, to be us. You yeah. might think we're a bunch of twats. Like that's, <laughs> that's fine. We're, I mean, but, we, we are. Yeah. Um,
1: but yeah, I think the try to do these things yourself is very stressful. So even if it's just getting a friend to, to look over what you're doing or, or help you make decisions that are objective, if like, let's say you listen to this podcast today and you're like, you know what, they're right. I've spent two years messing around. I'm not, I've not been as lean as I want to be. I'm not, I'm kind of like flinching against being in a proper surplus because I resist getting less lean. You're not, you're never, nothing's ever going to change with your thought process. You're still going to think that way For now in six months, in a year. So it's only when someone actually enters your world, looks at the, the information for what it is and goes, you know what, maybe you need to do this instead. Are you going to be able to truly let go of these these underlying beliefs? Because I think they had a whole a rigid hold of us for the majority of our of our training career,
0: and it held us back mm. pretty pretty badly. It it wasted a lot of our time um, <laughs> in terms of training. I suppose
1: probably... you, you learn you do learn some th- some things.
0: It was a useful lesson to learn. Yeah. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't exchange it for anything because otherwise you'd just be operating on um, on hearsay. So. Sometimes, yeah, you do have to just go and learn the lesson yourself unless, um, unless this podcast has convinced you. Because mm. um, I also
1: think coming, to, you know, hiring, hiring a coach without having any experience, you sometimes don't get the same thing out of it because you you lack the, the realization that it still needs a lot of work from your end. If you see what I mean? You know, that people think that they hire someone and. Uh, That's that. That's just going to happen for them. I think that's
0: more of the motivation behind someone hiring like a personal trainer. They're wanting a a cheerleader for their Mm. training sessions rather than um, an overview, a a sat nav, really. And uh, (laughs) then that just takes them to their goal, and they have to just, you know, just do the actual. Yeah,
1: you still need still need an engine and a car that you can actually drive before you before the sat nav is is useful. And I think um, a lot of people pay a PT to make them feel better. Unfortunately. Yeah.
0: So. Cool. So that's it for episode 40 Propane Fitness Podcast. If you want to hear the show notes, um, or you want to see the show notes, rather, if there's anything in this episode that's struck a chord and you want to go back and listen to it, um, go on the website. All of the show notes are on there. And also you can subscribe on iTunes, Android, Stitcher, and the episodes are also available on YouTube too. If you
1: could leave us a review as well, that would be. That would be bloody lovely. Brilliant. Yeah. And of course, um, Download our free ebook to get access to basically when these podcasts are released. So we'll send you them to your inbox personally. That Yusuf Yusuf manages every every email
0: personally by hand. So takes hours. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I write them out as well with a quill.
1: <laughs> um, Carry a pigeon. Okay. Well, that's it, isn't it?
0: That is it.